The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah, you want it? Welcome back to Redneck Tech Podcast. I'm here with Ryerstein, and we are late. We are fully aware that we're freaking late. How many? Late. How many messages have we got? This is like, hey, where's the podcast this week? It's Monday, and it's already passed. Well, we're a week late today. Yeah, Clay, we're aware. Clay was calling or texting and talking crap earlier. So, you know what? Screw you guys. We are actually having to do some work the last week or so. And <laughs> it's we're been crazy. And it has been really crazy. And and every time the phone rings, it gets crazier. We literally just had another phone call that's adding to our plate. Um, Ryan and I are actually going to get ready to go out of town on Thursday. And we are going to Arizona to do some cool stuff in the desert with our buddy Brockalicious. And we're probably going to take the podcast stuff with us out there and do a podcast with Brock and maybe some of his other guys. Brock's going to be so stoked. Oh, Brock's going to Brock be Brock was stoked. asking me about being on the podcast. Yeah. He was like, can oh, I yeah. be on the podcast? I, I said, what do you want to talk about, Brock? He said, oh, I don't know anything, man. <laughs> well, I haven't I haven't told him that I'm bringing it yet. But Don't tell him. I'm not going to tell him. I'm just going to show up and surprise him. Um, maybe even get him. We'll have to take four mics with us. That way we have you know opportunity for maybe Brad and some of the other guys to jump on there too. But uh, we're going to go out to the desert, do some fun stuff out there. But um, we, like I said, we are fully aware that we're a week late on the podcast. So we are going to try our best to make up for that and do some more really cool podcasts for you coming up. On this podcast, this is actually a – I don't remember. Was this a was this a message in or was this one of our ideas for the long form versus short form? I don't remember. I think this was your idea. Okay. So essentially what we're going to do on this podcast, and this is going to be episode 84, um, is we're going to go into the difference in producing short-form content and long-form content. Not only the difference in producing it, but once you get into the editing process, which Ryer is going to be able to speak to because he is right waist-deep in a really long edit. What are you in the middle of right now? We were supposed to, we were hopefully going to be done with this by now, but we're not. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I am, we are in the middle of editing the Blue Stem Waterfowl series that we shot uh, middle of January. Mm-hmm. So we had the pre-production podcast on that one. Uh, we had the during production podcast on that one. And uh, now we are in the edit. Uh, as we speak, as this is recording, which is, it's Monday, I, I guess everybody, this comes out today, I think. Well, it'll come or, out later today, yeah. yeah. As we speak, part one is done. It's 12 minutes and 14 seconds long. Part two is rough cut, and It's I close am, to being done. I, all I have is yeah, audio. It's a day, day and, and a half from being done. Yeah, audio and color and some finishing graphics left on that one. And then part three and four are still in the annals of my mind. Haven't even been opened yet. And the plan was, the original plan was for Ryer and I both to edit on this. But with all these little edits that have came up, all this 
perfect segue into short form content that we do here. I have been stuck with all those little short ones. I've done several for Dudley. I've got a muzzy bow fishing edit for uh, Chuck. Several product videos that we're doing for Spy Point now. That was not on our docket, but now that it is. And uh, that's actually what we just got done doing was shooting, was it eight or nine product videos for Spy Point? I think it was nine. It was a lot. It was a long day of staring into a, a screen on the camera, wanting to not be doing that, wishing you were hunting. Um, but it's part of doing it. You know, product videos are a necessary evil. And we will, um, I'll be cutting those while Ryer gets to work on something way more fun. But um, I'll, I'll blow through them, hopefully, in probably about two days. But anyway, so on this podcast, what I want to talk about is the difference in producing, shooting, and editing long-form content long form content versus short-form content. And in my opinion, there's three types of forms. There's a long-form, short-form, and then a super short-form. And we do all Did you of call that micro-content? Micro-content? Yes. I don't know. Did you make that word up, or is that real? If I say I made it up, will it make me sound smarter? I don't know. I'm sure somebody somewhere has come up with the term micro-content. Micro-content. I'm not stealing it from anybody knowingly, but I'm not going to claim that I came up with it. So you're not infringing copyrights or patent laws on, you know, just outright. Gary V has probably said micro-content 50,000 times. Yeah. And maybe I've just absorbed that. Yeah. And now it's my own. Well, I don't know. Could you call under a minute? Maybe. Micro content? Yeah, I guess so. Um, and, and we do all three of them here. Um, we probably do more of the short form and micro than anything. But um, we are getting, I mean, long form content is where I cut my teeth. Uh, that's where, I, you know, that's what I did the most of. And I would consider a lot of what you did would have been long form too, wouldn't it? You, you really didn't do a whole lot of like really short stuff when you were with Mark, did you? Not really short stuff, no. Very few of the one-minute pieces. Uh, I think originally we were in the the five to eight range, Mm -hmm. and then I'd consider that short. Yeah, as I as I progressed, I I kind of started moving into more of the eight to twelve range, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then for a couple pieces, I pushed the fifteen, and I had one twenty-two minute. Yeah. Well, to kind of, to kind of, and, and this isn't a science. This isn't perfect, and this is my opinion on what content links are. So, I will consider anything long form to be more than ten minutes long. Anything short form is going to be like two to eight, two to ten, something around in there, minutes long. And then super short is thirty seconds to one minute. You know, those really short Instagram type videos. 30-second commercials, which 30-second commercials is not a good representation for, like, television because those are huge productions and take a lot of time. But I'm talking about things that in a day that we can go out, plan them that morning, shoot them late morning, edit them, and have them out that afternoon. Like, to me, that's short, even, you know, micro short or micro whatever the term you just made up was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that in this day and age, there are avenues for all of those things. And uh, we see them every day. I mean, you scroll through your Instagram feed right now. You'll see every form of what we just said. You'll see somebody signed up for an Instagram TV preview where they're connected to some 10-plus-minute film. Then you'll see the next one that's a one-minute ad. Then you'll see the next one that's a 15-second selfie video that somebody did or whatever it is. Um, there's all kinds of different ways to skin that cat in terms of length of content. And they, they all so serve their own purpose. Um 
I think long-formed content is definitely the hardest of all of them because it takes the most planning, it takes the most time to shoot, takes the most time to edit, as we are finding out with the blue stem thing. We, I budgeted four days for each one of those edits, and we're way over that, which I also planned on me being able to help you too. Mm-hmm. That's why I keep, I feel like it's taken us way longer to do it, but I keep forgetting and I haven't got to help you at all with that. Um, I think if I would have been able to edit and I could have done two and you could have done two like I had planned, we would we would have been done on time. Yeah, we but, would have been done by the time I got two done. You turns out two done. our other clients are needy as well, and we have to do those things for them too. So, but I mean, I'm not complaining. Um, long form content is um, is is good to be able to tell a full story. So you think of, think in terms of films, whether that's what do you you know quote I'll use the term loosely hunting films, and then you think about television shows, which You're are going to trigger so many people. No, I know. Which are generally, you know, television shows are generally 22, 22 and a half minutes of actual content. But, you know, the finished shows around 30 minutes. That gives you enough time to tell a really good story. Can you tell a story in two to um, eight minutes for short form? Absolutely. Can you tell one in 30 seconds to a minute? It's really tough, but you can tell a good story in that. Um, that's where planning and production and all those things come into play. So if we get, get into long form, that'll be the first thing that we talk about. Um, long form, you're going to have time to tell the whole story. You, Another really good thing about having long form content is you're going to have time to change your pace. You're going to have time to change scenes. You're going to be able to create that roller coaster of emotions for people where you can speed things up and slow it down. And I've talked about that a bunch of times when you're in editing and in shooting on how you can use shots and use music to speed scenes up and slow them down, how you got to get B-roll in order to support dialogue to where you can speed things up and slow them down. Long-form content allows you to do that. It allows you to get kind of down in the nitty-gritty with something to where it's like, okay, we want somebody to feel this way in this scene. Okay, now we want them to feel frantic. Now we want them to feel sad. We want them to feel happy. We want them to do all these things. And in long-form you're going to have time to do all those things because of the the time length that something is. And uh, but with with long form content, it's going to take an incredibly much longer time to shoot and plan, especially plan. I mean, how much planning did we do on this blue stem shoot? I mean, I feel like it's more than I've done on any other shoot. I mean, we. It's hard to say exactly because we kind of did a little bit here, a little bit there. We talk about it when we were driving somewhere or, or just kind of hanging out and we'd have random ideas. And I mean, we had basically things going on in our head and going into notes for, I mean, since I got here in mm-hmm. August, mm-hmm. Um, I think that we probably sat down and like, you probably could have had two full days worth of, yeah. of just planning. Yeah. Easily. Um, so, but that's, but, and that, that was literally the next line item in my notes is, w- but once we did that planning, we went into that shoot with a plan. And the, literally my next line item was shooting with a plan. And when I say shooting with a plan, every day when we'd go on that shoot, we would all meet, me, you, and Drew, and most of the time Dawson, we'd say, okay, what's the goal today? The goal today is let's make sure we get Michael and Braden, you know, in the blind, 
calling to geese and ducks, you know, interacting with clients. All right, when they when we kill birds, you know, Ryer, you're going to chase them out of the blind. I'm going to stay back and get reactions and then make sure we get dogs, make sure and we have this plan every day. We would go through this. And 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 we were doing a big shoot with a lot of people. And that's something that most most people listen to this, you're going to be shooting something completely on your own. But that doesn't mean that you can't have a plan too. Like you know if you're doing a turkey hunt that you need to make sure, okay, I need to make sure I get calling. I need to I need to back up and make sure I show that big wide expanse of this, you know, timber bottom. I need to make sure that I when I'm really tight of him calling, I get him putting the call in his mouth because that's a sponsor. You know, make sure I'm doing you know, you can you can do just as much planning as we did for for your film as well. And I think it's gonna make whatever you're doing that much better by taking that time. Well, I um, also think especially for uh I think it's important to note also with this project, it's four parts, mm-hmm. each being, it looks like now, 10, 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. for each part. So total, it'll be almost an hour of, of finished content. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it, it has a different feel, a different intent, uh, and a whole different storyline than, I guess, uh you know, what you would default to if you went to shoot a waterfowl show. And so I think that, one, you're able to do that because we have all of those different parts to be able to tell that whole story. And I think that it's important to note that if we had just gone into it without the planning and without the purpose of knowing that we had to get four parts out of it and that we wanted it to feel and look and tell a different story... Uh, I bet all of us would have gone in and shot it just how you would default to shooting a regular waterfowl show, and we probably wouldn't have the content or the types of shots that we need to tell the story that we're trying to tell right now. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you're you're the one that's been editing this. Do you feel there's been any gaps where you have a lack of footage or a lack of... um, a lack of material to be able to tell the story that you're trying to tell? No, I haven't found that yet. Um, I mean, I have so much material that almost it's hard to find yeah. the shots that I want Yeah, because there's so many of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I haven't really found that there's been any significant gaps in content. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy with how the first two have turned out, and uh, I can't wait for everybody to get to see them. But, um, but, the, re- but the reason is couple different reasons that you're not having a problem filling your content is you had three guys mm-hmm. that were confident in their self-shooting, mm-hmm. three guys that had a direction and a plan and a goal in mind, and everybody did their job. You know, you had a guy, I had a guy, Drew had a, you know, he was on, you know, kills. Right. And, and, that's and what pretties. I was, that's what I was kind of trying to get yeah. at with, with that little segue is that the planning allowed us to make sure that we got all those things. And we're and we got really spoiled on that trip and I'll be the first to tell you knowing that only thing I had to worry about was getting good dialogue and getting good talking from all my guides and uh, trying to tell the best story that we can tell was really nice. Um and then we we, we overshot the interviews, but I think the interviews are becoming a much bigger part of this than we thought they would be. 
Um, I wasn't too terribly happy with the interviews when we were shooting them. But now that I'm seeing it come together, I'm much more happy with them. Um, because I'm, I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows how I feel about interviews. I, I mean, I think interviews are good when they add to the story. And I didn't, and I, and I shot, I shot interviews for this thing just almost as a safety. Like, look, I don't think we'll need these interviews, but let's shoot them as a safety. And then we go into them and I think they're making the story better. They're pushing the story along because I think that, I think we could do a really solid six minute piece without interviews but I think it's going to be a really good 12-minute piece with interviews. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think it would be it'd be a different piece, and I think it'd be, it could be a lot harder of a piece to do without the interviews. Uh, it's hard because I don't know how much we want to give away about, about the, the piece as a whole yeah. yet. But I think that if you didn't have the interviews, you'd really be tied to a location and a time Mm -hmm. for a lot of those themes, for a lot of the scenes. And I think some of those scenes, in order to be as impactful as they are, need to be uh, able to kind of stand on their own without being connected to a particular hunt, you know, Mm -hmm. without being connected to day one that morning yeah because we have and we haven't edited this chronologically at all Mm-mm. it's it's we're using shots from day seven to tell parts of part one yeah. you know and we only shot for seven days yeah i you think know? if you're tied to a time and a location some of the some of the things that we'd be trying to get across would be tough to do yeah if you if we were shooting a day-by-day documentary type thing yeah, yeah i think we could have done that um i think it would And we've got plenty i mean we, we could rework this whole thing yeah and we could do that yeah. if you want it, if we wanted to. But now that I see what yeah. the product's looking like, I don't want to do that. I think I think what we're doing is better, and I think we would get stuck in the same rut that every other waterfowl show has been, is we're stuck to did they kill birds this day? Yeah. And w- watching what we did, I don't care if they kill anything, because it's not about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about killing birds, even though we're going to in the in the in the final edit. There's going to be lots of birds die, um, especially in the last episode. I think the story that we're telling is is honest to God a product of us sticking to our guns on look we are telling this story mm-hmm. we are not going to default to shooting ducks and geese we're not going to do it even though everybody loves that I think I think the story that we're telling and the backstory of the guys and the people that are part of this is going to be much more of a resonating thing than just shooting a bunch of birds my, my opinion anyway let's get back to long form so Anyways, you're able to do all that because it's a long form. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. Bunny Trail has paid off yes. and been connected to the original yeah. premise yes. of this episode. Yes, we were going to give you a, a tick mark for a point on that one. <laughs> um, but, at, but at the same time, on the long form, storytelling is at the utmost importance. When you've, got, when you've got this long of a piece of a content, 10 plus minutes, Either you got to tell a story or you're going to run out of B-roll, you know, because think about if you had to montage for 10 solid minutes, how many shots you'd have to have. A lot. A lot. And how many songs you'd have to find and how you would segue between one <laughs> montage and the next. When you're, do- when you're doing telling a 10-minute story, you better have those beginning and middles and ends. You better have done a really good job in writing your voiceover or in shooting your interviews or in getting your dialogue in the field. 
when you do a good job of getting dialogue, when you do a good job of shooting interviews, or when you write voiceover, you would be amazed at how fast that 10 minutes will blow by in terms of the editing process. Once you start putting in the spoken word of people in the field in, in interviews, man, you'll chew through 10 minutes in no time. But that's why we have a plan going in. That way we have options. How many interviews? I know we keep going back to Blue Stem, but the final edits of all four episodes will be right at an hour total time. How long, how many interviews did we shoot? How many minutes was it? 300 something minutes? I mean, I, I think we sat down with four guides for 45 minutes to an hour each. So that's four hours? Four hours of, of, interviews. of just interviews. So, I mean, that she goes to tell you right there how much is not going to make the cut. Yeah. Because we, we went and we went above and beyond in shooting. We overshot the crap out of this thing. And we, we in the beginning, we thought it was going to take us 10 days. I was there nine days in total because I was there two days in the summer. But, um, yeah, we were only, we, I mean, we only hunted six of those days, right? Or six and a half of those days. One day we got weathered out one morning because I remember we slept in one morning. And it was glorious. I don't remember. It doesn't it matter. Was, I think it was four or five hunts. Anyway, so storytelling is the most important. It's establishing shots, transition shots, and telling a story with the lens. So, I'm going through my notes right now. If you if you feel like I'm reading, it's because I am. Um, when we're telling a story, if you've watched any network television show, if you've watched any really good film, you know whether that's in the movie theaters or um, virtually anything that you've ever watched that's really well produced on television, you're going to see establishing shots. You're going to see transition shots. You're going to see ways of telling the story with a lens. Anytime you see, like, talk, think about an action movie. And, you know, let's just say like a, I mean, like Fast and Furious. You know, they're in all these different crazy locations. But what's the first thing they do when they go to, when they transition from one, when one group of people to another group of people that are in another city? What's the first thing that they're going to do? They're going to have a huge aerial shot of that city. Say it's New York City. They're going to have this big aerial shot, and most of the time it'll even say, you know, New York City in there or whatever. Or it'll be a big shot of this tower in Vegas, and it'll be like Las Vegas. That's an establishing shot. It's establishing where we are. That exact same concept translates to what we're doing and telling in the story. If we're going from one camp to another, we'll establish, the, you know, the front of the camp house. It could be something as simple as standing out in front of the building wide on your camera, getting a shot of that house, and then we hear somebody talking, and now, boom, we're in the house. Subconsciously, that got us inside the camp house. But now I know exactly where we are because we saw it. I showed you with my lens where we are and what we're doing. Those type things are so easy but are so many times forgotten about or, um, or are not utilized. A lot of times people want to tell me, Hey, we're here again. You know, we're at this place. We're at this place. You know, we're at my buddy's house. You don't have to tell me that. If you show me, you don't have to tell me. Show me, don't tell me. Um. Oh man, I already talked about the dialogue. I'm going through my notes here. And I think, I think also those, those establishing shots and those transition shots, especially going back to when you were talking about uh, the changes in pace. And the changes in emotion and what you want to, to people to feel, um, I find that a lot of times those 
those establishing shots and the transition shots and things of that nature, especially in a long form piece where you're doing a lot of pace changing, where you're doing a lot of uh, scene to scene, you're doing a lot of trying to make people feel different things or take them through an arc of emotion. Um, those shots serve really well as almost uh, like buffer zones so that you're not, you know, you have time to let one song finish off and have the other come in or have some dialogue come in or just kind of let whatever feeling you had going for one scene kind of sit with somebody, give them a chance to like recognize it and then have whatever mood or feeling you, you're trying to develop again or next come in and start off instead of, you know, like if you put them back to back, sometimes it just feels really abrasive mm-hmm. and it feels uh, that it ruins the flow. Like there's not a good flow. Well, and there's and so those shots give you yeah. the physical space in your timeline and the mental space in the piece to be able to bring something to a close and start something new. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways to, change that emotion and that feeling and we're not going to get into that but that's easily done with music that's easily done with color correction that's easily done with sunrises and sunsets that's easily done with you know subtle sounds that's you know there's a thousand ways to do that um but i want to looking at my notes i want to get into more about producing dialogue because i think that is something that people struggle with a lot because i struggle with it um i still struggle with it to this day of making sure i'm getting dialogue that I need because I harp on that all the time. So I want to make sure I explain it more. And I literally have on here producing, talking in the field is super important. The next tick mark is explain this. So I want to try <laughs> and explain this. So when people are having a conversation in the field, we want to capture that. And how do you, how do you capture a conversation? Well, I can give you examples like Dudley's a perfect example. When you go to produce dialogue with Dudley, Dudley's long winded. He's extremely long-winded, but his content is different than what we're doing with Blue Stem or what I'm doing with Chuck or what I'm doing with Brian. So I let I let Dudley go long. Sometimes his talks are five minutes of one subject. So there's not a whole lot you can do there. You got to let somebody roll. But when you are producing something that is going to be of high production value, like what we're trying to do, when I'm trying to produce dialogue, I tell people or I coach them behind the camera. I'm constantly coaching. So is Ryer. So is, you know, any good producer is constantly behind the camera coaching. You're producing, you're producing that dialogue. So say I'm in the blind, I'm we're using Blue Simmons as an example again, and I'm filming Michael and I'll just have the camera up. I'll get focused. I'll get everything right. And I'll look at Michael and I'll say, what's happening right now? And then Michael will tell, talk to me. He say, you know, Hey, we've got birds working. We got this, we got that, blah, blah, blah. And he might ramble for five or six sentences. I'll let him get his thoughts out. And then the next thing I'm going to do is like, okay, can you give that to me one more time? But I want you to give it to me in two sentences. I want you to really hit the high points of that. Okay. And he'll give it to me again. Hey, we got birds working. We, you know, we've already, you know, we already killed two or three. And I think it's going to be a really good afternoon. He condensed that for me. Now that is a usable piece of audio. Five sentences. I'm never going to have time for that. In the, in the way that we're editing, I'm never going to have time to fit in five sentences. Okay, so I have produced that piece of dialogue. All right, so I do that five or six times throughout that that particular time in the hunt. Okay, now I know the hunt's about to end. We're about to wrap up. 
go get lunch. Okay, so now I have to produce a piece of content. I have to produce dialogue that says, we're wrapping up. So how do I how do I do that? I literally get my camera ready again. I go to Michael or whoever my subject is, and I say, talk about wrapping up. You know, hey, you know, we had an awesome shoot, killed this many birds, blah, 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 blah. I get a wrap up. If I like it, we roll with it. Otherwise, I'll produce it. I'll say, hey, can you shorten that up or say, it can literally be something as simple as Austin, like Austin said a couple times, this sucks, you know, or that was awesome, or, you know, it, it could be something as simple as getting that simple soundbite of this sucks and then having a shot of them riding off in the buggy with a mad face on. Mm-hmm. It, it can be that simple. But if I don't get that talking, if I don't get that dialogue, I, I have nothing to, I have to rely on an interviewer voiceover. When I'm standing there with a camera in my hand, why not go ahead and get somebody talking? So that's when I, when I th- when I'm talking about producing dialogue is literally I'm standing behind the camera producing a conversation that is shot in a way that's going to be conducive to editing. Is that not? I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that my general rule of thumb is that if something happens. I want words about that. Like, okay, so we got to somewhere in the morning. Obviously, we're going to have a setup, you know, and then if something happens, I'm either going to want talking while it's happening or talking after it's happening. Uh, If nothing happens at all, I'll have talking about nothing happening. Uh, if If there's any sort of... If I see, uh, a lot of times I base it kind of off of uh, the hunters that I'm with and how, you know, the stuff that we're talking about or uh, kind of you can tell if somebody's getting frustrated or if somebody's getting excited or if somebody's just kind of like, eh, you know, we're just doing this thing right now. Yeah. And I kind of base it off of that, you know. And And sometimes you'll miss stuff. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of things happen, especially with Chuck, because he, he never shuts up. And you can't film him 24-7. And something will happen, and he'll say something that's really funny that's that'll really work into what I'm doing. Well, what do I, what happens? What do you do when that happens? You say it again. Is it ever as good the second time? No, it's not. But I'd rather have it mm-hmm. than not have it at all. Yeah. So I will get them to – is it acting? I guess in a sense. You know, but they, they really said that, and what I'm producing is entertaining. So I want that said. And people like Chuck and like Dudley and some people like that are really good at coming off the cuff again and making it seem natural. Um, but that's that's part of producing an entertaining piece of content is recognizing something that's pertinent to what you're doing, something that will be entertaining, or something that is a really good piece of a really informational soundbite, something really funny, something that is going to move you from one scene to another. And something that moves you from one scene to another can literally be time for breakfast. Boom. I mean, what what does that tell you? Okay, well, we're ending this, and we're going to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's – and I hope I did a good job of, of, of explaining what producing content is, but it's not as hard as it sounds. It's literally taking conversations that are already happening and working them, working them into the camera lens in a way that's palatable to your timeline. You can't – Unless you've got really good B-roll or you're shooting two cameras, it's really hard to work in five-sentence conversations 
or you know five minute conversations between two people. Watch you know watch anything, and, and, and the only time that ever happens in a movie is this multi camera shot. There's going to be usually more than two angles. You're going to have wide, you're going to have mediums, you're going to have super tight, you're going to have long you know drawn out pauses. You're going to I mean those are highly produced conversations. That's why you can do that. They're very rarely one stationary camera for five minutes. I mean, because nobody wants to watch that. You know, that's why we have to change our angles. That's why we have to have B-roll to cover up things that people are talking about. That's why we have to have all these other pieces of content to push the story along or slow the story down. Um, I think basically if if something is happening or something has happened or somebody says something, you know, that's the time you you need to be thinking about, okay, is this, is whatever happened, is whatever was just said going to be something that I might use to tell this story? Yeah. Is this pertinent to the story? Might I want to use it? And if your answer is maybe, turn the camera on and get it. Yeah. And well, just, a- and ask questions. Well, here's, and here's you know. an example too. When you're producing that content or you're producing that dialogue and say, Say we're talking about set, you know, we're getting an early morning conversation between the guides about setting up decoys and uh, the goal for the morning hunt. So we've gotten Michael or Braden, you know, hey, tell me what the goal for today is. You know, we, hey man, we got all these decoys that we've got to set up. It's still early in the morning. Um, we've got 15 clients coming in, uh, but we've got 15,000 birds feeding on this field, and it could be a really good banger. Okay, so you heard that conversation. So you as a producer, now what do you have to go do? Get the B-roll for that. Get the B-roll for that. And what's the B-roll for that? You just listened to my conversation. What's the B-roll for what I just said? Well, I'm going to want a wide shot of something showing it's early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Probably because of that particular shoot. It's probably going to be truck lights. It's probably going to be headlights moving around in the dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which what we did was a drone shot overhead of all the lights mm -hmm. setting setting decoys up. And then you're going to want... So subconsciously that tells us it's early in the morning because it's obviously dark and you see headlamps. Yep. Show me, don't tell me. All right. And then you're going to want a uh, a variety of setting up decoys. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even get people saying things in the middle of setting up decoys yep. if you wanted to, to really break up uh, that interview. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're going to want your standard closes of but the But what decoys. kind of things are you going to want people to say to break up that interview? They literally need to be just couple, you know, couple bites. words, sound bites, like "Good morning, beautiful," you know, you know, it, you know, "Dang, it's cold this morning," you know, things like that. Those are really easy things to break up that yeah. longer conversation. So you're gonna get, what was it? So you're gonna get the wide shot of the morning. You're gonna get shots of setting up the decoys, and Close, then he, he, medium and wide cl- of the decoys. Wide, always tight, medium, wide, tight, medium, wide. That. And then I said the fifteen thousand bird feed. Hopefully, we have footage of that. If not, sound. Sound. Sound of a lot of birds. Yep. Um, well, you also said you got 15 guys coming in, mm-hmm. so you're going to want a shot. Of Something. All, the, all of, the clients. And you could even, if you, you wouldn't even necessarily need to have 15 people in the frame. Mm-mm. You could have one person getting into a bl- getting into the blind, and as he, as he says, okay, we've got 15 guys coming in. If you overlay one person getting into the blind, you're – your viewer makes that mental jump that, mm-hmm. okay, there's 15 of these one persons getting in the blind. But ideally, you'd want, you know, a shot of, like, they hauled out all their people in a yeah. flatbed trailer yeah. towed behind a, a UTV. So you get a shot of that UTV pulling up. You want a shot of the people getting out. You want a wide shot of the blind and everybody getting in or 
uh, you know, a wide shot of the blind as everybody's just kind of standing around in the really early morning light mm -hmm. waiting for stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, you got a 15,000 bird feed. You either want sound or maybe somebody's got a cell phone clip yep. or maybe you've got a clip from scouting a couple nights ago of the feed or whatever it is. Um, just something that represents... 15,000 birds. But what I want to make a point of is that three-sentence conversation turned into 20 clips. Easily. Easily. Mm -hmm. And that's what it took to get it. And you don't want to look at a conversation, too, and, and like, there was four things in that conversation, five mm -hmm. things in that conversation that you want to B-roll. So you don't want to look at it and go, okay, I need five shots. You want to look at it and go and look at each of those shots as, like, a category of shots that you want and at least get one. Mm -hmm. but definitely you probably want coverage. You're probably going to want a wide, a medium, and a close of each of those things because you just don't know how they're going to go together in editing. And and we had three people shooting that B-roll. Yeah. But we could have done it with one. You can produce that conversation as one person. And have, we do, usually. Most of the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was very rare for us to not be by ourselves. Yeah. Um. And would I rather have multiple people? Absolutely. For the shoot, yes, it makes life easier. On the edit, it makes life harder. When you have multiple cameras, multiple people, multiple moving parts, it creates a huge, a huge burden to edit. Um, now, does it turn out as a better product? Mostly time, most of the time, yeah. Especially when you got three guys know what they're doing, mm -hmm. it's always going to be better. But uh, it can be done with one person. And I'm not just talking about waterfowl. I'm talking about in general. It can be done with one person. Um, talking about, I'm going through my notes again. Okay, so I think we've kind of went through pretty much everything on long-form content. So that that is what long-form content is. And to kind of summarize, it is planning. It is shooting with a purpose. It is producing dialogue. It is getting those shots to get you from one place to another. It is getting the pertinent B-roll to go over that, the conversations that you're having, and then bringing that all together in editing, giving yourself options to tell the best story that you can within the allotted amount of time, or hopefully you don't even have an allotted amount of time. You can make it as long as you want. That is the beautiful thing of long form and getting to tell a story. And that is what... I'm most passionate about is telling longer stories. I think they're, they, they allow us to show what we're capable of better than a short form does, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think that especially long form, you have to tell a good story. I mean, we say story is king, and story is king. Yeah. Whether you're telling a 30-second story or a one-hour story, um, something with a story is going to be more impactful. A one-minute piece with a story is going to be more impactful than a one-minute piece of cool shots. Uh, but I think especially with something that is in that 10-plus range, you have to tell a good story, and you get the opportunity to tell a good story. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I find that some of the pieces that are longer that I've done, you almost need all of that time tell to to give that story arc that you want to give i mean you can do it in five to eight minutes but it i've found at least that in the longer form you can really flush out and and 
explore some of the story threads that you just can't with with the next you know a a, a two to eight minute was that your yeah around about yeah um and you you have the time and hopefully the viewer's interest to do that mm-hmm. and and i think in that regard story is even more of of a important aspect of a long form so what have you found now that we've done well, now that you're about halfway through this really long piece with blue stem and you've done several shorts you know since august what is your take on i guess the difference in workflows um, maybe the the time it takes. Like, what, what's something that kind of stuck out to you? Because this is our, really the first big multicam shoot you've done, right? Yeah. So, what's your you know, you just talk about it. What's what's your kind of impressions of it? Workflow wise, it is definitely organizationally intensive. Mm-hmm. You have to be organized. You have to, and that starts on the site. That starts mm-hmm. on site. I mean, if we if we were just dumping footage, I would have blown my brains out right now. <laughs> I would have died. Uh, so I think if you're going to tackle something and even if it's just you on a shoot for 10 days, being organized is going to help you a lot. Oh gosh. Um, being organized period. Yeah. So organization, but especially when you've got multiple cameras, multiple guys, multiple days, um, being organized on the front end is key. And then when you get into the post-production process, uh, familiar, becoming familiar with the material uh, is takes longer because I only shot my camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shot your camera. Drew shot his camera. I'm before looking at your guys's footage. I only have a general idea of what you guys were supposed to be doing and getting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so as an editor, I have to watch through all your guys's stuff and see what you have. And then basically try to start assembling a mental library of all the stuff that we have. Um, for me, for this project, that looked like me literally watching through every single clip. And and you even ran through Prelude, didn't you? No, I didn't. Not for this one. I I did it differently. Um, I did it in Premiere. Basically, I titled things. Oh, gotcha. But I I essentially came up with a list of keywords that. I would basically tag each piece of footage with so that when I started to go through all of the stuff to put together rough cuts, I could search through the footage. Uh, But while I was doing that, basically it was allowing me to watch through all the footage and see what everything we had so that I knew, okay, we've got this and that and all of these things and start building that mental library of, of stuff to then know kind of where to start telling the story. Uh, and then I th- I think the hardest part for me on this shoot has been twofold. I think finding the story in it all has been tough. Or finding the story you wanted to tell. Finding the story that I wanted to tell and then finding the shots I wanted to use to tell that story. The best shots because there's multiple versions of each shot. Right. Uh, and that's And that's been tough. And I think a major part of that difference between that and let's say uh, our our uh, shorter stuff, not the super short like ra- stuff. Like a Rambo type thing. Um, I don't, not even a Rambo. I would say like, um, you know, like one of 
Chuck's edits or one of Brian's edits yeah. or one of Dudley's edits is because those are short, they're self-contained, you know you've got eight minutes to tell the story and your story is based around... the. I mean, the story is more or less kind of already outlined for you because your story is the hunt. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to come up with a story out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of have a framework of what's what's going to happen. You know, you've got five days. You know, you kill on the fourth day. You know that your kill is, you're going to want to spend time on that day. But there's things that happen in the first three days, and you want to cover those and then get to the kill, and then boom, get out. Yeah. Uh, with this one, you don't have that framework. We have an idea and a, and a feeling mm-hmm. and a theme that we want to get, but mm-hmm. you don't have that solid but we shot physical framework but we shotgun approached that theme and now we've got to go through and cherry pick from that shotgun approach on what's the best way to tell this theme story right yeah and so we've got this big giant library of assets footage and interviews and and you have to take that and go okay you know basically what i did is i took all the interviews i i uh category I you know I went through and and made a mental catalog of what was said in all the interviews took our idea for the first episode and then started to bring in every single thing that somebody said that had to do with a certain category you know a certain a certain mood or you know I wanted them to talk about uh you know being a guy you have to get up early so I would take every time a guy had said something about getting up early, I'd take that clip and lay it in the timeline. Then you have all those and you refine further and then you start mixing and, and doing all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's that's all the nitty-gritty of editing. Mm-hmm. But finding that in the mass of stuff that we had, I think, was the most difficult. Yeah, and I got a version of it. You got a version of it. Drew got a version of it. Right. Know, multiple versions of it. And, you know, somebody said it better than the other person or somebody had the emotion that you wanted at that time. Somebody was like, man, I had to get up early this morning. And then somebody's like, man, got to get up early this morning. You know, which version of that did you want? You know? Right. Um, but, uh, but no, it's it's stuff like that, edits like that. I'm, I've not had to do too many of them, but I've had to do enough of them to know they're rough. Um, you It's... But you almost is, have but, to like jump into it, it's it's different than a a uh, hunt edit in the way that like y- you're you're so involved with it and you're you like at this point now I know what footage I have for the most part um, but like I you just sit there and you just stare at stuff and then you're like, oh, I want this feeling, I want this feeling, how do I get this feeling? And you just bang your head against the desk until finally it, it just reveals itself. Mm-hmm. And then, like, magically it all comes together, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. But That's it, what I want. You, but, you know, it's like a weird sort of, you just get so involved with it. And so, like, at first you feel like you're drowning in stuff. Yeah. You get all the stuff, at least I do. I don't know, maybe other people are just <laughs> way smarter than me. <laughs> but, like, I got all the stuff. And I was like, I'm drowning in stuff. There's too much. Yeah. Like, I was literally overwhelmed yeah. to the point of where I was having mild anxiety. <laughs> like, I was just, 
And, and I don't know if other people get like this, but I, I have, in every video that I do, ever. 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 <laughs> uh, like, you shoot it, and you're like, hell yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> this is going to be such a good freaking video. I can't wait to edit this. Then you pull it all in there, and you, like, start to edit, and you're seeing all the cool shots. Like, that's a cool shot. That's a cool shot. And you're like, that, but where does it go? Yeah. That's a, I want to, uh, and then you just get to a point where, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm failed. Yeah. This is, and you just start to go, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no <laughs> idea where this is going to go. I don't know what I was doing shooting just this. wasted my time. I've, Everybody else's time. I have none time. of the shots that I want. Um, I've wasted everybody's time. I'm incapable. <laughs> Not sure why I have this job, but I do. And, I get a lot of people counting on this, and they think it's going to be really good. But honestly, it freaking sucks right now. <laughs> and you just get mildly depressed, and you're like, oh, this is going to be the worst project I've ever produced ever in my life. <laughs> and then I like when I first had those feelings on some of my initial projects, like I would just stop. I would just stop and go, um, well, I guess I'm... I guess this is the end of me trying to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, I've tried it, and we've realized that this is not good. <laughs> and I'm not good at this. But then as I've like kind of done it more, I've realized that I get to this point in every project. Yeah. And so you just kind of embrace the suck and go, okay, I'm just going to edit. I'm just yeah. going to force myself to make something, even, yeah. if it even if it sucks. Yeah. And then eventually after doing that enough, you start to like, find the edit like mm -hmm. it starts to appear to you and it starts to make sense and everything starts to work and then it comes together and you're like and every, damn i knew i was good and but i think shoot. every and i think everybody's creative process is different like that was your process of hitting that wall yeah whereas i don't i don't know if i've ever i mean i'm sure i've hit walls like that before but my whole thing is like my hardest thing is like sometimes getting from one place to another. Like I want to get, I'm here, I'm at A and I want to get to C, but I mm -hmm. can't figure out what B is. Or I have a B, but I don't like it. I don't like how I'm getting from A to C because I feel like my B is missing something. Or if I would have done a better job of getting this shot or that shot, mm -hmm. or if I would have got somebody to say this, my my B would be much better. And I've learned throughout the, you know, throughout my, career doing it is like look if i do a really good job of doing these things establishing shots good b-roll producing good dialogue and then getting cool shots when cool shots appear then i'm gonna have all the pieces to the puzzle and some edits turn out way better than others some edits are way more stressful than others but going through you know, what you've done with the first two episodes which i mean they're pretty much done i mean is there out of every edit you've ever done, is there more of gratifying edit than one you just did? No, I think that... No. The only other one is the that one elk hunt, the 22-minute elk hunt. Yeah. And the reason that that was gratifying is because to that point, it was the longest thing I had made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had emotion. Mm-hmm. And I'm... A sucker for emotion like mm -hmm. i want to make people feel things yeah um like the the coolest thing to me is when somebody watches something and they go oh man i felt that like i was yeah. i was pissed mm -hmm. 
or I was excited, or I was anxious, or I didn't know what was going to happen, mm-hmm. or God, I was super happy that that happened. Yeah. Uh, and to that point, I think that 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 elk edit was the first one that I had ever done like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think this one will surpass that one. But have you ever, have you ever worked harder on something that you wanted to be good? No, this is definitely. No, this is head and shoulders above yeah. any anything else that I've done as far as like throwing myself into it and trying to make it as good as I can make it. And yeah, you've stressed out about get, a couple of things. Yeah, and, and make people feel how I want them to feel and get the points across that I want to get a, get across and to um, portray everything the way I want it to be portrayed. Yeah. And I think that when this one is all said and done, I think it'll probably be one of I, – I think it'll probably be my favorite thing that I've helped to make. Yeah. Oh, I, for I'm, sure. I know I'm proud of it, and I haven't, yeah. I wasn't even the guy that edited it. So, um, no, I'm I, I'm super stoked about seeing it. I'm, I'm ready to see it done. <laughs> um, but and, anyway. And I think it comes – I think it's the emotions. Mm-hmm. I think it's – I really think it is. And I think that's uh, – I know this is not what this episode, this no, episode I think it, was no, about. No, I think it's fine. Um, but I think that so often um, w- you don't get the chance to really um, tell a story and make people feel like such different emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that because we have four parts and... Like a super four different stories, four different four different stories, four different people's experiences to draw off of, um, a bunch of different days to draw off of, and kind of the creative license to tell really authentic stories and give people like an authentic emotional uh, experience. I think that that just makes it hundred times better. Yeah. And I, I mean, you watch any Hollywood movie, what what makes any Hollywood movie good is the emotions yeah. of that movie. Yeah. Uh the story and the characters and how you feel about them. And yeah. I think this is probably the first piece that I've got to be a part of where you really get you really get to to tell and show those. Yeah, for sure. And the in the difference in the biggest difference between that and a short form content is you just don't have time in, in a short piece to do all the things we just talked about. Um, can you, can you, and you know, can you get emotion in there? Yeah. Can you create an ebb and a flow? Yes. But you only, only to a certain degree. Um, and, and when I'm talking about short form content to kind of segue into that, when I'm most of the time, short form is going to be a one camera deal anyway. Um, I think long form, it, it warrants itself more to multi cams, but um, I would say the, I'd say 70, 60, 70% of what we do is going to be short form or micro content. Um, most of these things is something that you can work well and do a good job with a plan. But I know a bunch of pieces I've put together with no plan, literally going to the fields like, Hey, we've got to shoot a Rambo piece with white, you know, Rambo white tail piece. There's like, okay. Um, yeah. Give me a camera. We can make it happen. You know, we've got a place, we got a place to hunt. I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of these short form pieces we're shooting in a day. Um, a lot of the hunts that are, you know, upwards of eight minutes, 
sometimes three days. Um, but almost all of them are one camera deals. Uh, and and, and to, to me, those are disposable, I guess. To whereas this long form blue stem thing, like, I don't want that to be disposable. I don't want that to be something that somebody watches. It's like, yeah, that was good. That was cool. And then they go on about their business. That to me is something somebody savers. Mm-hmm. Whereas short form content is something somebody watches that's going to promote a product, that's going to promote a series, that's a little more disposable. That's like, okay, I can tell by watching this that it was good and it was well done, but it didn't have the plan. It didn't have the effort. It didn't have the production. It didn't have the budget. It didn't have all of these other things that these long form pieces are going to have. Therefore, in my mind, it's a little more disposable. Maybe disposable is not the best word, but I think you understand what I'm saying. A lot of times with those pieces, I think that um, I think I think a lot of times with those, you want the somebody to watch it and be like, "Man, that was cool. I enjoyed watching that. That was fun to watch." Um, Like I I liked there was lots of cool shots in there. I liked the music. I had fun watching it. Um, and that generally was cool. Yeah, but it's not something that you're going to want to watch over and over and over again. Right. Or you're going to send to people, or you're going to be like, oh, man, this is awesome. You need to watch this. And maybe like something for like a kill reel, maybe. But I'm talking about something that tell, tells a story. That's going to be something that's it's a little simpler to do. I think that's going to be down the middle for a lot of guys that are listening, is going at something with a pretty good plan, doing the best job you can at getting B-roll, you know, and making a really solid piece of content that people watch and they can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what short-form content is to me. And then micro stuff, I mean, that can be virtually anything. I mean, that's really – I mean, that's Instagram videos. That's highlight reels. That's music. You know, that's montage you know, high-impact. Like, you know, whoa, did you see that shot? Man, that was a cool shot. Or did you see that kill shot? Or did you see that time-lapse? You know, that's where you're going to get your emotion in the really short pieces is – Really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, if you can work a story into it, more power to you. But I think that really short stuff, that's about getting pretty eye-catching stuff. And most of the time, this is to promote a show or pr- to promote something, a product, a show, a, a film. A, you know, these are teases, you know, what we call, te- you know, what we call teases. It's something that, you know, could possibly tell a, a shortened version of that story to draw you to something bigger or to give you a constant piece of, of, of content to keep on your channel or your social media or whatever to show people what you're capable of. We do a lot of them um, for other people. We do some for ourselves. But um, there's... You're talking about micro content? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's something that... it's And it, those are super disposable. You know, those are really cool shots. You might send a couple to your buddies and like, man, do you see this? This is kind of cool, but... It's not something that you come back to that you use an example of, you know, have you, you know, have you seen this, this, that, and the other thing? It's you're not going to use a 30 second, one minute video to be an example of something. When you, you know, when you want an example of something, when you want to talk about emotion, talk about a really good story, that's going to be your long form. So, um, I get my notes anymore. Uh, I think that's about all I had, and we're around at an hour anyway. But um. I'm super excited to see the blue stem one done. I know it's been a huge project. Uh, and we're halfway done. So halfway. 
halfway. You got anything else? No, I think um, I I think that you know this might be a little inception, but like when you're telling a long form story, it it it's almost like uh, uh, you're telling stories within a story within a story, and so if you look and want to kind of bring all three of these things together, you know, a long form story, a, a like. The blue stem edit will be an hour, maybe. It'll probably not be a whole hour, but an hour of total content. And then you've got four individual pieces in that that are all stories, right? So you've got one giant story, which is the blue stem project. Then you've got four individual stories uh, that make up that one story. And then you have within each of those, uh, you know, I think... How many scenes would you say there is in in general? I want to say there's four maybe to, four, four to, to six per four episode. Four to six. Yeah. So you've got four to six scenes, and each scene tells its own little story. Like you could break out a bunch of micro pieces from it. You could break out, you know, a little two to three minute, two to four minute uh, pieces out of one episode, and then out of the scenes you've got 30 seconds or one minute that's almost its own little story mm-hmm. and so um basically you're just crafting stories all the way up and down yeah you know and shorter stories that fit into a longer one yeah which is it's a little bit inception there yeah but well, yeah. if you think about it when you're in the editing process that's what you're doing you look at a timeline this blocks i mean you yeah. look at my timeline it's literally blocks block you know a scene is a block and then you you have a transition and you go to the next block and then you have a transition to the next block transition next block and you can literally see the blocks in the timeline so mm-hmm. i mean that's just what it is it's, it's literally a building block that creates one big block that you set it in an out point and export yeah all right well um we're hopefully the next podcast will be with Brock Alicious, at least Brock, and we'll probably be recording that Thursday or Friday, so it'll be out next Monday. And uh, we are sorry we're late. You guys get over it. See you guys soon.